Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 22. Alvin! The story of Ross Bagdasarian Sr., Liberty Records, Format Films, and The Alvin Show is still being typeset. There are photo edits happening now in order to speed things up. Friendly Ghosts, Little Devils, Giants, and Rich Kids, the art and creation of Warren Kremer, is also almost ready to turn in. For real this time. I did get some additional comments by Ernie Cologne, so the extra weight by the Kremer family was worth it. Letters. We get letters. I got a kudo from my good friend and former podcast guest, Lee Hester, about the podcast. He says, I always enjoy checking out Mark Arnold's podcast while... a doing my office work here. There's quite a variety of guests, and I always learn something new. This was another good one. Lee was referring to the recent Denise McKinney episode, so check it out. Our guest today drew comic stories and covers for Harvey Comics in the 1990s, and now for American Mythology. His artwork has graced the cover of Casper, Richie Rich, Tom and Jerry, Underdog, Woody Woodpecker, Pink Panther, and many, many more. So let's not wait a moment longer and bring on Jorge Pacheco. Okay, on the phone I have Jorge Pacheco. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> You're right on, Mark. All right. I don't know if I've ever spoken to you. I've, I've emailed and talked to you and know you and everything for years, and here we are. I actually, yeah, I actually think we spoke once, and it was many years ago at the comic convention. Oh, it that's right. Be, that's right. But yeah, forgot about that. Ten years ago, maybe. Okay, I forgot about that. But I don't yeah. think I formally interviewed you. I don't know. Uh, so, um, well, obviously, for Harvey fans, you're known as someone who did a lot of covers and uh, did a lot of stories over the years in the '80s and '90s for Harvey. And, that is correct. And I guess the inevitable million-dollar question is, how did you get started, and how did you get hired by Harvey? Well, I graduated from the Joe Kubert School in, uh, I think it was 87, and so of course the day you get out you're looking for work, right? So this is the funny story. I actually went into Marvel and Sid Jacobson, who you probably know was um, editor at Harvey for many, many years, and then actually he was my boss at Harvey when I worked there, but obviously I didn't know that at the time. I had an interview with him at, Har- at Marvel the day, the day after I graduated from the Cuber School. Mm-hmm. So I go into New York, and Sid had forgotten all about the inter- the inter- I mean, you know, the interview and stuff. And um, I get there, and his assistant there says, "Oh yeah, Sid completely forgot." So I had an interview with her, and she liked my stuff. And so then Sid, the next day, I actually flew back the next day, and he called me the next day when I got back home to California from New York. And he said, well, my sister, my assistants really liked your work, so can you give a tryout on one of the books? So I said, of course. <laughs> so I give it a tryout, and it was Heathcliff. I don't know if you remember that character, yeah. the, the other orange cat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I did the tryout, and I did not get the job. He wrote me a letter and said, you know, sorry, we don't have work for you at this time, and, you know, I didn't pass the test, so to speak. Mm. So then I was looking for work obviously and there was a local comic book company called Blackthorn Comics which was formerly Pacific Comics Mm -hmm. so I I literally walked in the front door and that same day I walked out with work and it was kind of my first big break other than working for Jim Davis for two weeks while I was going to the Kubert School but that's another story (laughs) 
so um, I got work, and then my first big book for them was um, Bowling Con Rocky. So my first book was the first, uh, Bowling Con Rocky was the first professional job I had, really. Oh, okay. so very lucky, and I worked for them about a year and a half, and then they went out of business. So then I went through, I don't know, about a year and a half of just searching for work, you know. Of course, times were much different because there was no internet, so I tried to get all my work through the mail, which is obviously much, much slower. I would send postcards with, you know, saying, can you give me a call? I can send you samples, and <laughs> it's very slow that way. So sometimes I'd hear back from, you know, people, and sometimes I wouldn't. But anyway, in the meantime, I went to the comic book stores, and I saw some Harvey comics on the stand, and I said, well, you know, that kind of would be up my alley since I'm kind of known as a humor guy. So I sent some samples, and this was... 1990, early 1990, and lo and behold, I got a call back and says, yeah, we really like your work, why don't you come in for an interview? Mm -hmm. And this is another funny story, so I go in for the interview, and the guy that was going to interview me, his name was Craig Mitchell, mm -hmm. and he completely forgot about the interview like Sid. <laughs> So I, I, I go in there, and so I, I don't know, I don't even remember who I ended up talking to, but anyway, they did like my work, and so they said, well, we'll give you a call back if we're interested, so... I kind of did a couple tryout pages. I sent them uh, some Casper stuff and some Hot Stuff stuff, and they liked it. And they said, well, let's give you a formal interview. This time we'll remember you. So I go in. They actually put me up in a hotel for a couple nights, and I went in and talked to them and met the staff, and I got hired. <laughs> and the funny thing is the editor at the time was Sid Jacobson. <laughs> but... Uh, so the guy who did give me my first job ended up giving me my first really, really big break, and that was for Harvey Comics. And <laughs> I was so fortunate because it was really, even now, I mean, I've done so many wonderful projects, and, you know, being a complete freelancer the last, I don't know what it's been, 15, 20 years has been great. But my first and biggest love was working for Harvey Comics, without a doubt. Um, it was definitely the happiest time of my life, and I always tease Sid about not giving me work you know, my first job out, he said, yeah, I kind of made a mistake. I said, no, Sid, you were right. I was a little bit green under the collar. So um, I definitely grew as an artist working for Harvey. I felt very fortunate. And, um, you know, like I said, it was a big break. And I know, obviously, you're a big Harvey fan. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, being staff artist was just great. And it was in Santa Monica. And um, I guess I met my first wife there. So. <laughs> So it was just a really fun time of life, and I ended up living in uh, Los Angeles and Santa Monica area for 18 years. Mm -hmm. So it was great. I mean, I'd love if Harvey ever started up again. I'd love to be staff artist again. I mean, I yeah. I'll put that out there. I don't know if that will ever happen, but yeah. uh, it was definitely a joy. Well, the only one really doing books now is this company called American Mythology, and they're doing a Casper title, but it's so sporadic and haphazard you know you could probably tell them hey I did Harvey way back when and they'd go okay you know and but may not may or may not give you work I don't know you know they're kind of you know slapdash I've recommended people over the time and I I, I have got a couple stories published with them but not a cast for one I've tried uh, I got Three Stooges and an Anthony Aardvark one published uh, oh, the writing the writing yeah. 
I've been very fortunate with them. I've actually um, done a handful of, more than a handful of, you know, probably a dozen jobs with them, you know, mm-hmm. five, ten-page stories. And I've been so fortunate because l- luckily they really like me, and mm-hmm. they've given me the opportunity to do all the artwork, which is really a joy for an artist, you know, pencil, inking, and coloring, and, and the lettering also. So I've done a couple Pink Panther stories, which I think you saw one. And right. The other one still hasn't come out, but um, and I did an Anne of the Art Park. I did, gosh, which one did I do? I didn't do Anne of the Art Park, but I did a couple fractured fairy tales. And and actually, yesterday, I just got a big job with American Mythology, of all things, and I signed an NDA, so I can't say with the project I'm working on, but I'm very excited about it. I'm actually working on the cover as, we, as I'm talking to you. Okay, so you are working kind of, sort of. Now, have you done any of the stuff for the Casper titles, then? I have not. I oh, have okay. Not well, that's interesting. <laughs> And, and they know that obviously that I was staff artist and you know done I don't know hundreds of you know oh. covers and interior pages for them, but I've never gotten work. But you know I've worked on the Bullwinkle books, but it's not necessary on the bigger characters, you know, on the fractured fairy tales and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's really it's really been great because obviously comics are my passion. Right. And so, you know, I've been just lucky. I mean, I work very hard. I know, you know, you being a writer, you know how it is. You're always, you know, even when you have a job, you're looking for work. Right. So, you know, I've just been forced in the last 10 years. It's funny because I told my second wife when I met her, I told her, I said, well, I'm going to go through times when I go through months where I might not have work. Because with my first wife, it was very early on in my career. And, you know, I might go two, three, four weeks without having any work. And ever since I've been with her, which has been 13 years now, I think I've had two or three days where I haven't had work. So I don't know if she's a good luck charm or I've gotten good or I don't know. I, I don't know the reason, but uh, I've always had work. And mm-hmm. I, I also do um, caricatures, live caricatures on the weekends. So that supplements when times are, are a little bit slower. Right. But um, I feel very blessed to be working with American Mythology. And the funny thing is I'm still always trying to get work, and I've been kind of pegged as a humor artist so you know i've done a lot of humor work but i've got a you know maybe a dozen or so pages of quote realistic work which i'd really like to get because i finally i've gotten good at being a humor artist so i'd like the challenge of doing realistic stuff not that i'm complaining about doing the humor stuff because i absolutely love it i just Mm -hmm. i love to draw i don't care what i'm drawing as long as i'm drawing if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. i actually sent some samples to dynamite comics um a couple weeks ago and they didn't give me a job on the book that i tried out for but they gave me i guess i can say this i did um which was my favorite band growing up i did some kiss sketch cards of all things so i did uh the band on these little cards like baseball cards sketches and i guess they sell you know they promote it as you know an artist did sketches of the characters you know gene and you know the band so so that was a fun project i don't know if i'll be getting more work for them but it was a fun project so you know maybe i kind of have my toe in the door there too but i'm always looking for work even when i have work like i was saying right now when you were looking initially way back when at the cooper school or let's let's go back a little further uh, at the cooper school what type of art did you typically draw there? Was that more realistic, or was that more cartoony, or a little of everything? It was probably a little bit of everything, but I got to admit, Mark, I, I always joke with people that there were 30 people that graduated in the class, and 
there were many, many good artists. I mean, the big artists that come, came out of my graduating class, well, not necessarily graduating class, but people that started in my class, probably the biggest artist that graduated, quoted my class, he was only one year, was Lee Weeks, who does a lot of Superman books, mm -hmm. you know, for um, DC, and Amanda Connor, she was in my right. class. I'm not sure if she graduated with me. She might have been second year. I can't remember if she's second, third, but she was another big artist. And Tom McQueenie, who does a lot of inking and um, for Image Comics, he was another one. But getting back to, I, I would say that I was probably 20th to 25th best in the class. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as talent, I wasn't really talented, but I wanted it. Mm. So, with all the years that have gone by, it's funny that only a few people are still remaining, you know, doing comics. It's kind of a shame because there's so many good artists that were in the class, but I finally got good. And one thing that um, I guess Joe Kubert himself saw something in me because I was one of four students to do an inter internship at um, Jim Davis's when he had his um, studio called Pause. Right. I was one of the artists that went in and helped out for a few weeks. So, you know, I guess Joe saw something in me. It was very, you know, flattering. Of course, I was so young at the time. I was 19, 20 years old. I was, I was a dopey kid. So I didn't really know what was going on, but uh, it was really quite an honor to work at the studio. And Jim was such a, I mean, I only saw him a couple of times, but he was really a sweet, sweet man. And all the artists there that were, they were just tremendously talented. Mm -hmm. So that was my first break. But I, I, I don't think I've ever been the most talented artist. But like I said, in the last 10 to 15 years, I consider I've gotten good. Okay. You know, and, um, I actually did this book um, called Help which I did about 10 years ago. It's kind of a children's book or novel, I guess you would say. And it had about 15 illustrations in it. And I don't know why, but for some reason, like all the skills that I had inside of me kind of came out. And I did the book and I was so proud of it. And I still, obviously, I still have some of that stuff on my website. But um, I was very proud of it. I think I finally, like all the stuff that I learned throughout the years kind of came into that book. Mm. And so it was kind of like, you know a benchmark moment i guess you would say in my career and you know like i said the last 10 years i've gotten good and so now if i got the chance to do some quote realistic work i would like to challenge at it because i'm not probably that great at it yet i'm good at it you know so <laughs> okay. it's something it's something i want to grow with but you know like i said this new job that i got with um American Mythology is really a fun book and the funny thing is I don't want to say too much about it but um, I actually worked on I'll say these characters right. um, many years ago I wasn't the artist on the book but I was the inker on it so mm. it's kind of funny that it's how things become full circle well, I'll probably know about it pretty soon, but yeah, I'll keep it hush hush for now too. But yeah. you know, because it's like I kind of have an in over there, but uh, you know, in my way. But uh, I will ask this: Have you tried for their like more realistic titles? Like I think they have Stargate and a couple others like that, or even the Three Stooges. They tend to draw more realistic. Um, I, I gave a couple things a chance, but. It's funny, I'm terrible, absolutely terrible with tryouts for some reason. Like, <laughs> even, even in school, like, when the word test came up, I would just freeze. Yeah. So I'm always, I think I'm better when I just am given a job, like I relax or something. Yeah. But I don't know, I guess even before I start any project, I'm always a little nervous, you know. I mean, even though I've been doing this for 32 years, believe it or not, professionally, mm -hmm. I still get nervous at the start of any project. Mm. So i just not a very good tryout guy. I had a tryout a few years ago of, I don't know, I 
one of my first heroes was Charles Schultz. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to try it on the Peanuts book because um, they were doing it at Boom Studios. And I thought, oh, this guy would be right up the alley. And I did this tryout and I did it really quick. And I was so proud of it. I actually did watercolor backgrounds and stuff like the animated shows. And the editor really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. But I got rejected, I guess, from the Schultz people. I'm not, or, you know, whoever was in charge of the book. So I was really, I, I don't usually get depressed with um, tryouts. Mm-hmm. But Peanuts meant so much to me because it was really one of my. You know, I guess things that I loved growing up so much, and then I got a chance to work on it. I was—I think I was—I just about was in tears for a week. But uh, that's the way—that's the—that's the nature of the beast, you know. But uh, I always say things come around, so who knows? I may get another chance in the future. And um, I actually spoke—I say spoke—at the museum a few years ago, the Charles Schulz Museum, and it was um, called Artists in Residence. And right. there were actually a handful of other artists with me, and two of the prominent ones who I didn't know were going to be there was Thomas Yates and. Uh, Brent Anderson. Oh, yeah. And then, so it was really an honor being with those guys. And I had like a little lunch with Jeannie Schultz, and she was just just about the sweetest lady I've ever met. She yeah. just was so nice. And, you know, it was really an honor to be there with these other artists. You know, it was really shocking. I always say that I was, I'm Thomas Yates' uh, stalker. Yeah. Because I've, <laughs> I've, always, I've always been such a big fan. And so every time he's at the comic convention, I always have him sign a book or two. And I actually, when uh, a few years back, I had an artist alley table where I sat next to him. And, you know, I kind of gushed over how much I liked his work and stuff. And my wife is German, and her sister got me a Prince Valiant book that was printed in Germany and uh, I actually brought it to him a couple I think it was two years ago now at the comic convention and he says I haven't even seen this yet so it's kind of funny but he signed <laughs> it for me. he's a really nice guy and uh, you know we've spoken many many times but he's a real talent in the field as you know right um I don't think you should feel too bad about the Peanuts book. I know that's hard uh, to not get a job you really want. But uh, uh, one other person that tried out for that Peanuts book that I know that didn't get it uh, was Frank Hill, who worked on Dennis the Menace for a number of years, and he also did the the, the comic strip Short Ribs. He did some books for Charles Schultz. Uh, They were little Snoopy educational books that... Uh, he actually did the drawings instead of Schultz. Schultz was still alive. Um, and so he actually worked for Schultz for a time, and they still turned him down for the Peanuts comic book years, years later. So. Wow. That's a, I'm a big Frank Hill fan, actually. Yeah, okay, so you know who he is. I, I always have to kind of describe because some people don't yeah. know who he is. I should know you know who he is, but for yeah. the listeners, I'll he, say who he is. Yeah. He actually worked for Harvey. He yes, that's did, right. That's right. The, new, the new kids on the block, block book and block block books and um i was really impressed with what he did on that obviously and then i kind of found out more about him and that's kind of you know i knew he worked on dennis the menace i didn't know he worked on peanuts but uh yeah. he's a talented guy but i think one thing in our industry which you know as well as anybody else mark unfortunately when you when you do humor work you're a little bit invisible in yeah. the field you know so you know i i'm not one of those people that needs fame or anything like that but i would just like to get you know steadier work and i think the only way to yeah. do that is you know, obviously getting more realistic work. But like I said, if I, you know, quote, stuck doing humor work, I'm more than happy doing that because I just like to work. Like I said, I don't care what I'm drawing as long as I'm drawing because that's where my happiness is. I mean, even though I work, you know, I'm sure you do too. When you freelance, you're always working. Yeah. So I basically work seven days a week, you know, 10-hour days, and that's yeah. 
you know, very typical. So, um, <laughs> but I, but I enjoy it. I mean, sometimes it, you know, the hours are long, but I really enjoy it. And I, I care a great deal about my work. I mean, that's one thing about me. I think that's one reason I've succeeded is I wanted it so bad. And, you know, I've always put my heart into my work and really the stuff for American mythology, I think is probably my best work just because I've been able to control it all, you know, the coloring and the inking and stuff. And it's really been a joy because even though it takes me four days to do a page, I really, really enjoy it. Right. So, you know, so, and that's what I'm going to do on this new project. I'm going to be, you know, doing all the artwork. And it's very exciting. Like I said, it's characters that I grew up with. So it's really, really nice. And, you know, I feel fortunate. I guess I can name drop a little bit. James Comack over there is my main contact and he's just been a mm-hmm. I guess I don't know if a guy wants to be called a sweetheart but he's been a really sweetheart to me and yeah. you know, and Mike Wolfer also so mm-hmm. you know I feel fortunate and but I'm a hard worker like I say I care a great deal about the end result right you know, so <laughs> and one more th- one more thing about Frank Hill in comparison to you he's going to be 90 next year he's still looking for the next job he still likes to work so you know <laughs> wow I didn't know he was that old that's awesome yeah man. I saw him in August and he's doing pretty well um but it's funny you know he's showing me like his latest thing he says I'm working on this now and I'm working on this you know and he, he works on different things which I'm sure you do too you don't just do comics I'm sure um, no I illustrating some books right now well it's, i guess it's quote business books but they have cartoons in them right so i'm actually doing that it's for a guy of all things and he lives in japan so mm-hmm. it's funny i'm doing work for a guy in japan right now and it's funny when you're a freelancer you never know where your next job is and right. the internet's been such a huge boost to my career because most of my clients I never meet, you know, I send it JPEGs and I get paid through PayPal or Venmo now and mm. <laughs> it's just been huge because, I mean, you're you're a semi-old guy like me, so you remember <laughs> mail and, yeah. you know, obviously when I first started out it was much more difficult to get work because I would have to send everything through the mail and right. it would take forever and I would hear back from some companies and I got a lot of nibbles. I mean, I've had a crazy career, like some of the stories I could tell you are crazy. I almost was ghost artist for... Um, John Martin, who was one of my heroes growing up, and it was it was between me and three other guys, and I actually spoke to, I God, I can't remember Mrs. Martin's name, I'm, I don't know if she's passed, but... No, she's still around, it's Norma Martin, and the, Norma, guy, the guy that actually won that role is Bruce Bollinger, he was the one that was doing it for the time. So anyway, there you go. You even yeah. know more. You know yeah. more about my career well, than me. What's well, for that I know because I did two <laughs> books on Crack Magazine, so I learned it from that. You know, and uh, uh, so um, I do have a couple questions about the Harvey time, and then we'll move on from other things. Okay. You know, but uh, you know, because you mentioned you you were going to have the interview with Sid at Marvel and didn't, and then you did get hired eventually, and Sid was there. Uh, did Sid remember you from the previous time or anything, or was it to like, who are you or what? It was kind of like, who are you? It was yeah. kind of fun okay. because Sid always had the cutest, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but he always had the cutest assistants. <laughs> and uh, the one assistant of God, I can't remember her name, she was just cute as can be and sweet as can be. And then years back, she knew another person, he knew another person when Marvel had disbanded. Mm-hmm. He sent me up to Marvel to meet 
one of his old assistants who still worked at Marvel. I think her name was Teresa Wright. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But um, she was just as pretty as can be and as nice as can be. So and he used to, she used to be her his assistant. So I don't know. But he didn't remember me. But I still had his um, rejection letter. Yeah. And I showed it. And I showed it to him. So you know, like I said, I always tease him about that. But he was he was completely correct. I was very green out of school. And like yeah. I said, it, it it did take me about. Oh boy, I'd say 15 years before I got good. I mean, not that I wasn't good, mm-hmm. but you know, it took me a while for the talent kind of soak in. You know, yeah. so uh, but it was still professional work, and I was very fortunate, you know, to get it. I really grew as an artist at Harvey. You know, mm-hmm. even you know, I saw myself grow, and I did some good work there, obviously. And you know, now when I worked on the cover for you, obviously, you know, that's. I can tell that I've improved even from when I was working at Harvey. You mm-hmm. can plug your book now, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a little lead-in for you. Yay. Um, let's see. Uh, yes, I have a book, The Harvey Comics Companion, and uh, Jorge helped out uh, coloring the cover that Ernie Cologne. I guess he considered it's penciled. It's actually done digitally, so I don't know if you can call it penciling nowadays. But you know that's how that cover was done, and you saw it because it's multi-layer. Right. uh, I kind of re-penciled most of it. I mean, yeah. So so I don't know if what you did was called penciling or what he did was called penciling, but it's in color by you, (laughs) you know. And so whatever you did, you know. I mean, I have a funny story about that. Is that is like it was supposed to be done on paper as well as a commission. You know, I wasn't getting the commission, but somebody else was doing it, and Ernie misunderstood it, so it was just done in digital form, and there's a little back and forth. I alluded to this in a previous episode, but I'll actually spill the beans and just say it was Ernie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I talked to Ernie, and I, ta- you know, I finally said, Ernie, just do it. You know, he was kind of grumbly because he had to do the work twice, but it's like... You know, it was a misunderstanding. It got straightened out, and everybody's happy now. So, you know, but what, the, what's on the cover of the book is the digital version, which I didn't mind having the digital version because I wasn't getting the original art. So, and, uh, yeah, you did a great job coloring it. We had to, like, adjust it a little bit, if you remember, but that was okay. <laughs> yeah, we got, yeah, definitely. We got corrected. So, um yeah, uh, in fact, I have it sitting here right next to me if, in case I need to look up any titles or anything. I don't know if I will, but um, I had another question about, uh, oh, just during the course of the time you were at Harvey, um, you did interiors on, you didn't do any interiors on, like, the Casper and Richie Rich books. That's You just did covers on those, right? I did mainly covers. I yeah. mean, I did a few specialty books, like a Taco Bell book. and. That's right, you but, did. That's right, I yeah. forgot about that one. So, okay. so I did do some interiors, but it was fairly limited. I mean, Sid would basically, I mean, I had, there was an art editor there who, We'll just say he really wasn't into comics. Basically, he didn't really like comics, but he was the art editor, so mm-hmm. I don't know. He was really a friend of the boss, really. He, w- he wanted to be a writer, so he wasn't even a comic book fan, but he was the art editor. He was a good guy, but mm-hmm. he wasn't a lover of comics. But, you know, I did I did probably do a dozen or so covers on my own, but Sid, for the most part, told me what to do, whether it was a recreation or coming up with a new idea. So I really had very little input into... 
what I was doing. Yeah. So Sid was completely in charge. But, you know, for the most part, you know, we had a very good relationship, and I was very happy and very fortunate to work mm-hmm. with Sid because, as you know, he's a really sweet guy. Right. I did finally meet him, but not until you were gone from there. It was about 96 or 97, and they were no longer publishing comic books at that point. So. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, that was me like stalking Sid a few times before I finally nailed <laughs> nailed him down, <laughs> as it were, because he was supposed to be at San Diego Comic Convention one year and he didn't show, and then one other time I had to leave and he was there and you know just craziness. Right. Did uh, you meet him? In, did you meet him in Westwood? Because he had an office when he was kind of freelancing for Harvey, and I was I actually went into the office there and did some work with him. No, so it, it was still Harvey on Wilshire when it was Harvey Entertainment, uh, and uh, uh, he still had an office, but it was after the comic books, so there was kind of like that little window where he's still there, and, right. you know, and then he went on to do what you're talking about. Um, now, on Interiors on Harvey, it, you worked on like the New Kids and uh, let's see what other titles are out there. There's like Crash Test Dummies and uh, yes. Stunt Dogs. I'm trying to think of all the different weird ones that they had. New, New Kids on the Block, which Frank Hill worked on. Yep. I, that was my first job that I worked with Ernie Cologne. I worked a lot of the New Kids on the Block stuff, which was pretty crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, obviously, it was an honor working with Ernie because he was, you know, some well, someone's work that I enjoyed. You know, long before I knew I would ever be working for Harvey. Yeah. So it was really nice, and I've talked to Ernie a handful of times, and he's just as nice as can be. And but the funny thing is, it's really nice about him is he will like if I did do something because I colored some of the, his work too. He would give me constructive criticisms, but he was never mean. He said, you know, you might want to do this or want to do that. And here's a guy who's been doing comics, I don't know, for 50 years or whatever. I don't know, but right. you know, forever, and he still cares about the end result. So he's giving yeah. me ideas and you know, giving me encouragement. And uh, he always liked what I did, so it was very nice. So um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very thankful that I got to know Ernie, even though it was you know over the phone. I never met him in person. I did meet his daughter because the day I went into uh, Marvel, actually, uh, his daughter was there picking up a check at Marvel. <laughs> so, so that was kind of a, a yeah. funny coincidence. So I talked to her for a minute. Yeah, so. I've, n- I've never met Ernie either. Talked to him on the phone. Uh, when he, uh, he and Sid did that 9-11 book, I risked sending it in the mail because I wanted them to sign it. So I sent it to Ernie in the mail and gave him postage. She sent it back. Then I sent it to Sid in the mail and gave him postage. She sent it back. And so I got it signed by both of them. And it was a risk because I go, you know, they may not do this or it may get lost in the mail. But I was willing to do it. So That's awesome. I, they're good guys. It doesn't surprise me. I, <laughs> I've done stuff like that, too. A couple years ago, they, they have a comic... Uh, convention down here called comic fest and i've been one of the artists there for a couple years and i've done children's books too and um this lady really like i guess elderly lady she was kind of a grandma and she uh, really liked the children's books so i'd like to get this for my daughter and i most of the work that i get i have our books that i get i have to buy myself so i purchase my own books whether it's comic books or books and then i sell them at conventions or whatever and i sell them for what i pay for them i usually pay ten dollars for my kids books so yeah she didn't have any money and I said I'll just take it and you can send me 10 bucks in the mail and uh, lo and behold I kind of forgot about it six months later in comes this check for 10 bucks for the book (laughs) so I guess you know you got to put your belief in people you know right (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's see. One other thing on New Kids. I know we're dwelling on New Kids on the Block, but you know, to be honest, there was like sixty issues produced in a very short time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my my good friend Greg Bita, who still does his own comic strip, he wrote a few of the scripts, and I talk about him in my book. But uh, I just wanted to mention that. I don't think you two work together at all. But uh, uh, then, did you work with Dave Maynack? I think Dave Maynack did a, a lot of the. Uh, yeah, Dave, Dave Maynack did a lot of stuff, and I actually penciled probably a dozen so the books that he drew for Harvey. Also, he did uh, Little Dracula, which I inked, oh, yeah. and. And what was the other book? Boy, now I just, um, there's one other book that, oh, uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice. So I, I did work with him, and he seemed, you know, he's a talented guy, obviously, and uh, it was nice working with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's still around. I saw, I think I, found, I finally found him on Facebook. That's what, so he is still around. Yeah, that's uh, great. Facebook's uh, awesome. I'm glad to hear, you know, I know we're going back to Frank Hill, but I, yeah. I just always admired his work, you know, that he did, and, you know, finding out more about him through Harvey, it was just really nice, and uh, it's 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 always funny to hear about other, you know, artists who get jobs and don't get jobs. It, not that it makes me feel better that he didn't get the Peanuts work, but it's, uh, yeah. it's just, you know, it's kind of funny because... I remember um, when I, were, I did some work for Warner Brothers, and one of the one of the editors there is Kevin Bricklin, who used to work at Harvey with oh, me. Yeah. And so he gave me a dozen or so jobs with them, and uh, I guess um, one of the artists for Archie. Now I'm, I'm zoning out on his name, but probably uh, my favorite artist for Archie. I can't think of his name. Dan Parent. Not, Dan. Not, not to Carlo, but the other one. Um, but Dan. Dan Parent or or not older. You mean, older, he just passed away a couple years ago. Oh, like ago Stan, now. Stan Goldberg? Him? Yes, Stan okay. Goldberg. Okay. Stan Goldberg. Sorry about that, Mr. Goldberg. I've always been a fan. He's my. He's always been my favorite uh, Archie comic mm-hmm. artist. But anyway, he tried out for the Scooby Doo book, and Kevin rejected him. So it's just funny, you know. No matter how good you are, you yeah. know, some books you just don't get work for. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it's just you know, it's just funny how every artist is always looking for work and has their ups and downs. Right. Yeah, but it's always amazing to me when somebody's rejected that actually was associated with it in the past and could still do it. I mean, it's like, you know, it'd be one thing if you just lost your ability to draw or something through whatever reasons and couldn't do it anymore or something. But, I mean, if you're still able-bodied, can do it and draw it just as good as you ever did, and then you get rejected, oh, we're going to go in a different direction or who are you or something that just boggles my mind sometimes but yeah that's, it is odd i mean i know the editor when i did for this the tryout for the peanuts book i know he felt really bad because he liked what i did so yeah. you know but you can't help it if you know it gets rejected it gets rejected but like i said who knows i'm, I'm still waiting for that job if they call me again i'm going to give it another shot <laughs> um so one at least one more Harvey. Co- I can't say is no more Harvey co- questions, but at, le- <laughs> okay. at least one more. Um, what was it like in '94 when they just decided we're not going to publish any more comics? What What was the wh- What happened? You know, was it just all of a sudden, or was it kind of you could sense it coming for a period of time? What happened? Well, this is kind of, I, I'll throw in my Stan Lee reference uh, since okay. he just passed. And, um, well, I didn't really see it coming. What happened was, it, I think you're right, it was around 94, 95. And what happened was we had a meeting with, or I'm going to say we, it wasn't me. It was <laughs> Jeff um, Jeff Montgomery had a meeting with Stan Lee, and Sid was going to be there. And they invited me to go along since I was, you know, staff artist there. They said, you want to meet Stan Lee? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the reason why, but at that time... 
Harvey was just putting out a couple books, you know, with Marvel, a Richie Rich movie adaption, and then yep. a Casper book. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to work on both of those, and I think it was both with Ernie Clone. Right. But nevertheless, so I go out to lunch with Stan Lee, and what that lunch was about was Marvel buying, I mean, yeah, Marvel buying Harvey Comics. Mm-hmm. And um, it looked like it was going to happen. I mean, I had lunch with Stan Lee and stuff, which was really neat. And this was right before cell phone, so I didn't get a picture with him. But um, <laughs> but uh, I guess Ari Hammer would like that, wouldn't like that anyway. So I didn't uh, get a picture with him. But um, <laughs> so it ended up falling through. But uh, it was neat having lunch with Stanley. But I really didn't see it coming. But even after that meeting, Harvey stayed around. I think for another six months, and then they just no longer published. So I don't. You know, I really don't know what happened. I think basically, I know Jeff and, you know, most of the staff really didn't care about comics. It was more of they wanted to get the entertainment movie part of it. So once that wasn't happening, I think they decided just to disband. Now, I don't know if that is, you know, completely true or not, but that's what I, that's what I read from it. Well, what kind of happened, you know, in research, yes, the part that is correct is once the Casper movie came out and was a hit. They said, oh, well, we don't need to do comic books anymore. And it's like, well, you kind of do, but, you know, I wasn't there to tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because you're not really a movie company. They they were thinking they were Disney, and it's like, you know, but even Disney still publishes comics to this day, although they've had long gaps, too. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, And then... Uh, eventually, Jeff Montgomery, because he made it a publicly traded company, got ousted from the company. So that was the end of him at the company. So and See, I, I didn't even I didn't even know that. So you you know a little bit more because yeah. you know I wasn't on the business side, obviously. Yeah. But you know, I know one thing. I've actually tried to. I don't know what happened to Jeff, but he's kind of disappeared. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him after that happened. You know, it's like uh, Harvey went on for like a couple more years without him and I, f- I forgot the guy who followed up with him but then eventually got bought by classic media and then now it's owned by nbc universal and a big mega corporation all that stuff so anyway but jeff was but jeff was always really sweet to me and he always liked the art department i mean he didn't, i didn't see him on a daily basis but he would come back and say hi and he always treated me very well and well, i'm one of those good. people that have, are always very i'm very grateful for the work that i get and obviously working for jeff and harvey like i said was definitely the you know the highlight of my career you know mm-hmm. just the steadiness of the work and the enjoyment of it and you know i i can never thank him, him enough for giving me the opportunity and he, he was just a nice guy and so it was you know like i said it was really the happy time of my life i mean mm-hmm. i'm still having a great time but it just it's easier when you don't have to you know look for work right <laughs> well but, yeah. yeah i mean if you have the word staff in your title i guess that's a good thing when you're yeah. honest. yes um so what was the first jobs you got immediately after well sid was still like packaging stuff and i think it was through harvey and also he had some um uh, Boy, Hanna Barbera stuff. So I was still doing some work for Sid and, and some okay. stuff with Ernie and Sid. So I still had work with Sid, which was really great. I was still okay. freelancing, obviously. So I would get other jobs, and I think I got my first children's book um, job around that time too. So you know, I was freelancing, but that's when the internet was kind of booming. So, like I said, it was really a lot easier to get work, even though you know it still was a struggle to a point. But um, I was still working for with Sid, doing some Harvey stuff, you know, right. kind of leftover work, and then yeah. doing the Hanna Barbera stuff. So it was nice, you know. And right. uh, and I know but, he was doing some advertising things. I'm sure you helped out on those too. 
Right. I did. I mean, Sid gave me a lot of work. I was very fortunate that, you know, we had such a good relationship that he kept me on. Sid was a very loyal editor. He would use a lot of the same artists and writers, you know, like I guess most editors do. Yeah. Well, definitely Sid. Yeah. It's like when you, when he went to Marvel, you know, he pulled everybody he could from Harvey. And then when he went back to Harvey, he pulled everyone he could from Marvel. So it's like, and uh, some people didn't go because of retiring. Some people didn't go because they liked being at the company they were at. But, you know, it's like, for the most part, people would be loyal. So, um, now, you also worked at Archie eventually, because you did the Hanna-Barbera stuff, which went to Archie after Harvey I started did. it. So, did you work there? Yeah, I did a handful of actual Archie books, like I did Archie okay. himself, so I did you know, a handful of stories for them, but this is kind of a sad story. I, it was funny because, I don't know, I always thought Archie was above what I could do. Like, I was hmm. still <laughs> not, like, I don't know, 100%... I don't know. Uh, I was never really one of those people that bragged about what I could do. So I always thought I wasn't good enough. You know, I was completing with Dan DiCarlo and Stan Goldberg. So I always thought, you know, I'm competing against these guys and I'm just not good enough. Well, true. So, those guys are still around when about this time we're talking right. about in the 90s. That's true. <laughs> right. So, you know, I kind of felt inferior in some ways. So I kind of didn't stick with it just because I didn't think I was good enough. But looking back, I think my stuff was good enough and probably would have gotten better. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, obviously, when you work on anything, you get better with it with time. But I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was good enough. So I kind of did a few jobs and then kind of looked elsewhere. Yeah. So it was kind of, uh, I don't know what the worth is, but not uh, confidence in my own, you know, in my abilities. Of course, they're still around. You could always do something. And I know that they're starting to veer back into the cartoony, the, you know, DiCarlo look, you know, after being kind of really realistic for a few yeah. years you know so yeah they do a lot of stuff and obviously you mentioned dan parrot he was one of the one of the other graduates in my class uh, okay so we graduated the same year so yeah it seems like you're about the same rough age or whatever yes. yeah <laughs> yeah and yes. i know dan too i've met him a few times so yeah it's like he's, very yeah, good he's a very nice guy yep yep um going into like the 2000s so where, where did you go next uh, after working with sid well, then I I went through a divorce, then I ended up coming back. <laughs> this was 2003. I came, I moved back down to San Diego because this is where my family was. So mm-hmm. I was kind of starting over and, you know, still doing a few jobs for Sid. And my friend Kevin Bricklin, like I said, he was working at Warner Brothers, so he would send me some work too. So in, in some ways, I was kind of starting over when I moved back down because I didn't know it was. When you're a freelancer, you never know what's next. Right. So I was kind of freelancing, but I was getting sporadic work, so I was still getting enough work in to survive. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of, at that time, is when I kind of picked up doing caricatures on the weekend, which has really been a, you know, a huge part of my income the last. 10, 10 or so years mm-hmm. and um, so like I say when things are slow you know I can kind of fall back on doing the caricatures Right. so you know but I've been like I said the last probably two two and a half years I've been fortunate to do so much work for American Mythologies but in the meantime I've done a couple children's books you know illustrated some you know um, books itself and so I've always you know I've really always had work so I can't complain and obviously you know I did a little freelance for you and mm-hmm. you know that's I kind of I kind of joke I kind of make my living at I say $200 at a time because you know <laughs> I, I might do a cover here you know a couple interior pages there or an ad or 
you know, I kind of never know what's coming next, but um, even the job that I got from American Mythology yesterday was kind of out of the blue because they're always, they were kind of always sending me work. But I went through, a I don't know, probably three months of a little bit of a dry spell with them for the first time in the last year and a half. And, you know, James said, Mr. Comac said that, you know, he was looking for work. And I knew he was. And then he called me and said, you want to take this job? And I said, of course. So, yeah. you know, even that was out of the blue. But in the meantime, I was working on, you know, like I said, some illustrations for a guy that um, lives in Japan. So I'm still working on that, too, and starting on this new project. So I'm very, very busy. Hmm. So you basically do anything and everything freelance if you can, or are there just some things you don't want to do, or you don't have, you're not that uh, no, discriminating, not, as it were? No, I'm not picking. If someone has work, I I do it. My wife, at first especially, uh, didn't understand why I was taking two, three, four jobs at a time. Like I just be <laughs> crazy, busy sometimes. I say, honey, I said. I don't know if I'm going to get a job in the next six months. I have to take the work, yeah. you know, because early on, especially as an artist, you know, I went through, you know, weeks and months where I might not have much work. So now when I get work, even now, I'm kind of scared of it. I guess it's like someone when you hear they're really poor growing up, you know, they're always, and then now they're millionaires or whatever, you know, they're still worried about making a dollar or, you know, maybe they still go to Walmart even though they have millions of dollars. So, you know. That's kind of the way I am with work. I'm always looking for week, work, even though I have it. Yeah, well, it's it's just like any other creative endeavor, you know. If like if you're an actor, you know, it's like you don't want to just sit doing nothing, you know. And I, you know, some actors they'll do a movie while they're doing a TV series and commercial and blah 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 because the next year you, it might all be canceled and you might be pounding the pavement looking for something new. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you are exactly right, Mark. Yeah, you, yeah so. That is exactly right. I mean, I, I do the same thing with writing, yes. I mean, I, I do get the books out. So I have my kind of, you know, if I have a comparison to Harvey or American Mythology or something is really Bare Manor. It's like, you know, the, I've been fortunate once I linked up with them is every time a book comes out, now what do you want to do? It's not like, well, thank you very much. See you later. So it's like, so that's kind of consistent. And then I have consistency through tomorrow's with articles with back issue and sometimes alter ego and things like that. So I have consistency. Oh, that's great. There. That's awesome. So, you know, I know what it's like, but then there's sometimes where it's like, I can't catch a break here. You know, it's like, what's going on? So sometimes you do go through little periods that are a little bit scary. I actually got some freelance work about eight months ago with someone that I worked with many, many years ago, and he kind of popped out of the blue again, and it's one of the first jobs that I can say that I wasn't really into. Uh, I don't know, I don't want to say too much about it, because he's a nice guy, but I was basically drawing flowers, <laughs> and I, I like flowers, don't get me wrong, but it was kind of cartoony flowers, and I can only take so much of drawing cartoony flowers, so I, <laughs> I it's a, a job that I didn't keep doing. I did a, you know, a few illustrations for him, but I said, my flower days are over, so <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> so you know you have uh let's see all the different choices and stuff is there anything you'd like to work on that you may never have tried before and i'll throw some things out there like mad magazine or even marvel dc or um what else is out there or like i said archie is there anything that appeals to you that you'd like to work on assuming you get the opportunity or 
I, I would like, actually, like I said, I did a tryout for Dynamite tonight. Mm-hmm. actually did a tryout for Barbarella. It wasn't necessarily for Barbarella. It was just, quote, doing more realistic work. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to work on a book like that. Or I've always been a big Red Sonja fan. That might be a little bit, you know, above me right now with my talent as far mm-hmm. as realistic stuff. But I also like, I've always been kind of those, that kind of person that likes, I call them B-comics. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're bad comics, but they're kind of silly comics. Be for so, bad. No, they're, they're realistic comics, like something like The Six Million Dollar Man or, yeah. you know, which Dynamite does. I, I love those kind of books. I think they're really silly and fun. You know, they kind of remind me of childhood and, mm-hmm. you know, they're just fun, silly books. Like a Superman book or a Spider-Man book, I mean, that's got obvious prestige. But to be honest, I wouldn't want the pressure or wouldn't want to do something like that. I'd like a smaller book. or So like, you like the, one, the like the stuff that Charlton used to put out in the 70s or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, that type of... Okay, I get it, I get it, okay. Yeah, and like Vina and stuff like that. You know, those are books that I really, really enjoy, and I, I get a laugh out of them. I enjoy reading them, and they're just they're just fun, silly books, you know? And uh, so that's the kind of book that I would like to do, but I, would, I wouldn't turn anything down. I mean, I know what I'm competing with, you know, I don't have to... Neil Adams isn't shaking in his boots about me getting a job. <laughs> I'm not going to be taking it to work away, so... You know, I'm just, like I said, Mark, I'm just happy to be in the business, and I'm happy to be working, and, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that gives me the opportunity, one thing about me, I, I do do my best. I never am lazy, and I care a great deal about the end results, because I'm one of those people that, if I'm going to do a book, I want to enjoy it. I want to be that little kid that, you know, went to the you know, five and dime and, you know, bought the comics off the spinner rack and got excited about it. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want kids to enjoy that, whether, you know, it's a superhero book or, you know, it's doing, you know, what the end of the art bark or whatever it may be, or, you know, fractured fairy tales. And I know you've seen my work, especially on the pink Panther. Right. I was really proud of that because to me, it's kind of like a cross between Disney and Sergio Argonas. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, <laughs> It's kind of craziness, and, uh, you know, I, I like people to see it and be amazed by the work. You know, I want them to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the, the weird off-the-wall co- question. What do you like to do for fun when you're not doing artwork or comics? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to sleep. That's one of my favorite oh, Okay. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I have two children. I have a son and a daughter, and um, I, I obviously enjoy time, you know, spending time with my family, my wife, and my kids. I, I guess I'm kind of a boring guy. I, I either work or, you know, I, I do like sports too. I used to be a good athlete, and I play tennis, and I go to the gym. But I spend a lot of time with my family when I can. And being a freelancer, I was my son's soccer coach this last, this last, um, I guess, fall. And so that that's you know that was fun. So just spending time with my family and working out and you know trying to catch a little sleep. But yeah. you know, like I said, being a freelancer, I'm, I'm basically working seven days a week, so I don't get a lot of free time. But tomorrow we're gonna you know we're gonna go to one of my friends' my kids' friends' birthday party, and mm-hmm. they're having an event with through the school through Barnes and Noble. We're gonna have like you sell a book, and the school gets a little donation. So we're gonna go help out with that, and mm-hmm. so you know we just do little things like that. But it's fun. Yeah. Do you do any personal appearances, like at conventions? I know you mentioned the Schultz Museum, but anything else like that? Or um, I, I actually did a little thing at the um, Chuck Jones Museum a few years ago, which was a lot of fun, too. Um, I'd like to do more, but I hate to say it, Mark. Like I said, when you do humor work, you're not 
as in demand as if I was doing Spider-Man or something. I know so, what you're talking you know, about, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, even before we were doing this interview, I said, you know, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not super famous. I just uh, happen to be a, yeah. a good artist who works in the business, but... Right. Uh, you know, but I, that's you know, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Well, I mean, the whole purpose of this podcast, and I tell people this uh, all the time. You know, it's it's a pop culture podcast, and I'm not going to sit there and say, no, you can't be on it because you're not famous. It's like <laughs> if you have a voice and you have you know like uh, one week which i just posted it up recently uh he was talking about what's good to buy for marvel and dc comics now he's not a known quantity his name was alan bryan but he he kept it interesting and kept talking about it and i'm cool with that and then i had another interview with a lady named denise mckinney she's going to be before your show so it'll be aired by this point uh, she collects matchbook covers and things like that, you know. But, but you know, as long as you, you can talk about it and, and make it sound semi-interesting, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, if you were going, yeah, I worked for Harvey, and uh, yeah, I guess that was it. Like, if you were like Howard Post, <laughs> no, I don't know if you know my reference there, <laughs> but apparently Howard Post, and I didn't, I never really talked to him. I, I think I wrote to him once, and he wrote back. Uh, but apparently at Harvey, this is in the old days prior to you working there, uh, he hated working for Harvey. He did it because it was a paycheck, but he couldn't stand doing that stuff, which is kind of disappointing because he did a pretty <laughs> decent job on Hot Stuff and Little Audrey and a few other things, and, you know, he was there for quite a, a long time, but to, and to just not like it, it just seems kind of strange. Why would you do it, you know? But yeah, I guess people do things for a paycheck. I mean, I guess I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I've, like I said, really, other than the flower job, I really have had very few jobs that I haven't wanted to do. I mean, it, yeah. I couldn't even count it on one hand. Yeah, that's I mean. what I was going to ask you. Was there any <laughs> job at Harvey or anywhere else that you're just like, ah, not this again? <laughs> you know, obviously I did like some more than others, but... Yeah. Um, you know, it's just the drawing and the creativity that I enjoy. So, you know, I've never, like I said, I don't really turn down work. So no. I guess it, part of it's fear that I won't get more work. But um, I, I do like the challenge of whatever it is that I have to draw because everything is different, you know. Yeah. So even if, you know, I'm doing one book and, and even if it's a humor book, it's still going to be different than the one I did previous. So yeah. it's still a challenge and it's still fun and it gives me, you know, that outlook for my, I mean, you know, that creativity I can get it out. Yeah. And you're in good company with the uh, other artists at Harvey, uh, like Warren Kremer in interviews said he really enjoyed working for Harvey, and I interviewed their kid, his kids because I'm doing a Warren Kremer book that should be out some year. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, he really, really enjoyed doing the Casper and Richie Rich stuff and uh, the other stuff he did. The only thing I, I found out in interviews and everything that he didn't like is one time Harvey did a, a comic book on the cow sills. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I've never seen that one, which, actually. Which is kind of like your new kids on the block, but of the, oh, six, okay. of the 60s, there's only one issue, and it's called Harvey Pop Comics, and it was of the cow sills, and it's kind of a collector's item now, but uh, Kremer did about a th- third of it or something and just like said i'm done i can't and i think ernie and one other one other artist i can't remember off the top of my head uh finished it off it might have been high rosen or something yeah just to finish it off because uh warren was just not into it it was one of the few times where he was just that way but apparently like ernie you know he came and left sometimes at harvey but overall to this day he enjoyed working there and stuff like that so 
Well, that's great. Yeah, Warren Kremer, obviously, I mean, his talent was immense. I mean, he was basically the Carl Barks of Harvey Comics. Yeah. So, you know, I always admired his work. And I think one thing that's a shame is that a lot of people, I mean, even for me, haven't seen a lot of his realistic stuff but when you google it or whatever it's just it's tremendous work you know obviously he's known for casper and stuff and you know obviously all the other characters too but his realistic stuff is just wonderful and you know i don't know how much in your book you're going to have that but a uh, lot <laughs> i know yeah. i have a lot of uh, artwork from pulps and uh pre casper and richie rich so the horror stuff some war stuff some romance stuff uh, stuff he did at the other publishers, Ace and St. John, stuff like that. It's just, I, I just have to get the sign off from the family, so they're taking their time, which is fine. Uh, right. But I'd like to see it published. So, I, you know, it was supposed to be done a few months ago, but, you know, you know, family issues came up, and so I've been very patient with them. So hopefully in sometime in 2019. So That's great. I'll definitely be picking that up for sure. But, yeah, he's obviously a huge talent, and it's good to hear that he enjoyed his work. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't understand anybody being an artist if they don't enjoy it because, you know, obviously there are very few, unless you're a Jim Lee or Jack Kirby or Neil Adams or whoever it may be, you know, it's tough to make a living at it. So if you're doing something as being an artist, I don't know why you would do it if you didn't enjoy it. Right. Um, but I did ask this, which you already answered for yourself, is like I asked if Warren missed doing like the horror stuff or anything like that. And, you know, for him, according to the interviews, uh, with him and with others, it's like he was just always happiest with the current stuff he was doing. So I'm doing horror stuff that's kind of graphic now. And now I'm doing Casper and Richard Rich. You know, it's no big deal. You know, this is what I'm doing. I like it, you know. Yeah, yeah that's great. Well, obviously he was talented at both. And, uh, you know, he's definitely once-in-a-lifetime artist. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many artists who are, you know, great nowadays. I mean, I, I didn't know what we are going to be talking about today, but I kind of wrote a little list of a lot of artists that I like. And, okay. uh that I admire, but uh, well, read, yeah. read them, read them off. If we well, talk. <laughs> well, I think probably the, I don't know, the best drawer I think in comics today, and he's been around for I don't know forty or fifty years is Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I mm-hmm. think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an artist that other artists admire just how well he can draw. And there's a lot of young guns that are very, very good, too, like uh, uh, Sean Murphy, who's doing Batman now. I just His work just blows me away. And then mm-hmm. this guy, Brandon Peterson, and if I pronounce any of these names wrong, I'm sorry, David LaFluent, and, you know, he worked on Spider-Man, and this uh, Ronald, oh boy, I'm going to butcher this last name, Boshi, I don't know, it's B-O-S-C-H-I, he, he did the Winter Soldier, he does a lot of work for Marvel, and I think his work is wonderful, and Dan Pessorni, he, he did Conan and Red Sonja, and a lot of stuff for, you know, Marvel and DC and Dark Horse, but there are just so many good artists that I admire, and even like, someone like Kevin O'Neill, who worked on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I mean, he's been around for a long time, but I really admire his work, and, you know, but I like a lot of the old-time guys, too, like Kirby and Colin and I love Frank Thorne's work. That's one reason I've always wanted to work on uh, Red Sony because I always like uh, Frank Thorne's Red Sony. I actually met Frank Thorne, by the way, many, many, many years ago. He was a super nice guy. And the thing I remember is he was showing us his artwork and his wife came in and gave us lemonade. And I thought that was really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so she was a sweet lady, too. But, you know, I grew up reading comics and, you know, my. I'll get into the story real quick about how I got into comics. My stepfather, okay. 
my stepfather owned a liquor store and one day he brought home some beat up creeping earring vampirella comics <laughs> yeah. and uh so i got all these horror comics and i loved monsters because i was a universal monster fan mm-hmm. and so this was great and then he brought home some comics off the spinner rack that were beat up and my first one was the issue with fing fang foom oh, wow <laughs> jack kirby and steve ditko in the back and mm-hmm. uh a Superman by Kurt Swan with he he hit a golf ball onto the moon, which I must have read that comic a million times. It was in tatters. <laughs> so those are what I grew up with. But he brought home comics and I just loved it. Like I said, dinosaurs and monsters and Godzilla and stuff like that were my thing, so I was always drawing those things. So mm-hmm. that's that's how I got into comics and obviously I also read, you know, the lesser I guess the the smaller companies like Dell and stuff like that. I always liked um Richard Corbin was probably my one of my favorite artists and still is. Mm-hmm. So and um I don't know, I just always love comics, and I feel fortunate to be making it. I always say it's a semi-living at it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm always a month behind on every bill, but I, you know, which isn't too bad for an artist, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, before you went to the Jack Kirby school, um, you know, just like Joe when Cooper. you were a kid... Yeah, oh, Joe I Cooper. said that wrong. Joe Kubert yeah, School. Joe, Joe, yeah. uh, cut. <laughs> take two. Uh, Joe Kubert School. Why did I say Jack Kirby? Well, you said it a few minutes ago, but Joe Kubert yeah. School. Um, when you were a kid, uh, which artist did you try to imit- imitate or emulate or admire at that point when you first were getting into well, it? Probably when I was getting into it, probably my, well, I was a huge Neil Adams fan and Jack Kirby, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, I guess as a kid I didn't really know their names as much as just thinking their work was cool, mm-hmm. but I drew a lot of humor stuff, especially in Peanuts, you know, Charles Schultz was huge, you know, I, I used to draw Snoopy and Charlie Brown all the time, but I also loved Don Martin. Mm-hmm. And so I used to draw, I had this big, thick book of Don Martin's work, and I just used to draw, you know, his crazy drawings all the time. I used to emulate those, and that's what was kind of funny that I was in the running, you know, to be his ghost artist, which I thought was kind of funny. This was many years later, obviously. Right. right. It's funny how, you know, it is kind of a small industry, and, you know, all the near misses I've had, you know, I guess big breaks, but I've had a lot of breaks too. You know, I've missed a lot and I've gotten a lot. It's just funny. I, I don't think you could write it. You know, you couldn't script out my career in a way because it's been so crazy up and down and, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, but, it's, but it's been quite a ride. You know, that's the whole thing. It's always been fun, and I don't regret it. But like I said, I mean, obviously we're talking a lot about Harvey. Harvey was really a defining moment in many ways for me. It really, you know, put me on the scene as far as being known and getting work out there. So in some ways I always feel like I was getting paid to get my name out there in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was very a very happy time of life, too. And, uh I don't know, it's funny in life, I'm sure you look back on your life too, Mark, and the happiest times in your life, you don't know you're having fun, but you are. Right, I mean, right. You know, probably, the like I said, the happiest times were the Kubert School, that was just a blast. I mean, all the all my friends, and now with Facebook, I can stay in touch with them, and mm-hmm. RV, and, you know, and, and even the job with American Mythology has been just huge. I mean, I, I never would have foreseen this, you know, getting to work with them, and you know, being so fortunate to get so much work with them. And, you know, I, I kind of have my toe now in Dynamite. I don't know if I'm going to be getting any more work with them, but at least I did a little bit of work with them. And, you know, I, I just like being given the opportunity. It doesn't matter who I work for. I'm not, you know, a comic snob as far as which company. I just like to have the opportunity. And, you know, if they hire me, great. And if they don't, you know, I understand too. So, 
you know, I just, I just keep plugging away and doing my best. Just made me think of one other thing. I know we're jumping around a bit, but uh, we keep mentioning Co- the Joe Kubert School. Now, I used to just see the ads for it and knew it was in New Jersey, right? Is that where it was? Yeah, Dover, yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, and it's like, for me, it's like, it was kind of like, oh, I could do that as a pipe dream. You know, it's like I never really thought about it seriously because as a, I'm, I was in Northern California and I just figured that's on the opposite coast. What am I doing going out there? And although I like to draw, I never really pursued it as a career like you do or did. Or do, do, <laughs> yeah, I do. It's, it's yeah, all three yeah, of those. Do and did. Yeah, and, but um, how did you, and this may have changed since, but how did how does one get into the Joe Kubert school? Well, at the time, I mean, obviously yeah. things may be different, but yeah. basically you kind of sent, well, now you can email, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I sent samples through the mail and, you know, obviously I had tons of comic book and it was basically swipes. I mean, I was swiping Jim Kubert, <laughs> Neil Adams, Jack Kirby. So basically they were seeing swipes from me because, and at that time I didn't know what a swipe was. I mean, I was so young, I didn't realize it, but, um, you know, I sent my portfolio in, and I guess they saw potential. Mm-hmm. But I always wonder, because now it's, you know, when you have to realize when I was going, I mean, this was 1984, 85 when I went, mm-hmm. it, school wasn't as big a deal as, as it is now. I think it's much more difficult to get in because mm-hmm. throughout the years, I actually taught a couple semester at um, UCLA, the extension class when I lived up there. And one of the students in there I, I recommend because he loved comics and I recommend that he gave a tryout to the Kubert School mm-hmm. and he did not get accepted now mm-hmm. he was every bit as good as I was at his age mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's become more difficult or you know I don't know the whole story probably why he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think it's a little tougher to get into the school now than it was because it's more prominent mm-hmm. but um, well, you know, timing they say timing in life is everything and we were also which I always kind of brag about we were the last last class to be in the mansion which they used to have the school in a mansion then they moved to a high school so okay. my first year was the last year they had in the mansion which was really really a cool a cool <laughs> thing so it was like basically this old spooky house we had our classroom in, which was really really neat and then and for lunch we'd go downstairs in this really like dark damp dungeon kind of you know cellar and we'd have lunch there it was really neat i mean at the time like i say i didn't know i was having such a good time until you look back on it you yeah. know so it was <laughs> a lot of fun on, on classes in it is i this is my ignorance about it. i mean was it all drawing or were there other things like sculpture or painting or every was, type of art or what um i would say yes and no i mean it was all revolved around obviously comic books so you know we were learning color we were learning inking skills we were learning lettering i mean you know basically anything you could do in comics and we one year they had um, greg hildebrand i think it was greg i'm not sure if it was brother i don't want to mix that up but anyway he worked at the school so they had painting classes with him obviously he's a super talent and but you know we had such good instructors i mean obviously we had joe kubert which was really great and like i said joe was just so great to me i mean I look back on it now, like I say, and he saw something in me, which, you know, sometimes I was, even like I said, when I was working at Archie, I didn't know that I had the talent. I was always worried that I wasn't good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think he saw something in me, which really meant a lot to me, so, and we had uh, the artist Jose Delbo, who's kind of famous, he drew the Superman strip and Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman, and he was just... He's just the sweetest man, but he was he was a very, very good teacher, and he was tough on us, too. Like, I don't know if I can swear on a podcast, but he says, this is crap. 
So he, he would say that, and he had a very heavy Spanish accent, so it was really funny. But uh, yeah. he was just a wonderful man and a great instructor. And I would say out of all the teachers, I probably learned the most from him, even though at the time I didn't know it. Mm. You know, it kind of sunk in. Like all the stuff I learned at the Cuber School kind of took me a couple years later to sink in. But I just think it was my talent level. Like it took me a few years to catch up where I got to be good. Mm. So, and, then, and they have High Eisman there who does the Popeye strip oh, yeah. and, uh, and uh, Catch and Jammer Kids and stuff. And that's that's another thing. I mean, we've talked about what I would like to do. I mean, one thing that I've always dreamed about doing, it, like I say, I enjoy doing any kind of work, but I'd love to work on a classic comic strip like Popeye or the Cats and Jammer Kids that, you know, the High Eisman works. I mean, obviously, he's a tremendous... He's getting in there, up there in age, too. I yeah. think he's about nine years old. And um, <laughs> Not to be morbid, there might be a job opening. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope High lives for another 20 years. Yes. He's just... He was just really, really a nice man. I learned a lot of, you know, a lot from him. But um, it was funny, because, or not funny, but just odd. A couple months ago, they, um, the guys that were doing um, Alley Oop, the strip, I guess they retired. And I said, hey, this is an opportunity for me. I said, I should do some samples for it. And I've just been so busy, you know, with the kids and with work and stuff. And I was going to do a tryout. And then they said it wasn't going to happen anymore. And then literally like two weeks ago, they got a new artist team. Oh. So I didn't even get a chance to try out for it. But I'd love to do a syndicated strip. But I know newspapers are kind of a dying form. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd love to do that, too. Just, you know, it could be, like I said, it could be any classic strip. I mean, there's so right. many artists who picked up you know wonderful strips like snuffy smith and you know stuff like that because like i said charles schultz was probably my first hero so i grew up with comic strips and obviously someone like tommy shades is doing prince valiant i'm not saying i would be talented enough to do that but you know um something like that would be awesome too you know dick trace would be awesome obviously joe staten's doing an incredible job so i mean there are just so many strips i mean there's so many ways to make a living as an artist i would never limit myself to one though you know mm-hmm. whatever would come along i'm happy to do mm-hmm. and uh let's see a quick one last question about cooper schools that's what we're talking about um okay. uh how how long do you go i mean is it a four-year course or it, it, it's a three-year school three and i think school. it's yeah three years still is and i went all three years a lot of a lot of artists like someone like lee weeks who let me put it this way he was tremendous the first year you know i mean he went one year and he was already he could have been well i think he got job right uh, jobs right away but he was already so talented that he didn't really need to go to the school some guys were just so talented that they don't need to go but um (laughs) i know that most of the artists that were in my class did stick with it and Mm -hmm. you know someone like uh grant meme i'll give him a plug good friend of mine he did a ton of stuff for marvel and dc and i you know, he's doing stuff for Boy's Life, and he was one of the, you know, one of the better artists in my graduating class, and mm-hmm. he's still doing comics, and so, I mean, we had we had a very good class, but as you know, I mean, you could probably look, pick up any comic book at the comic book shop, and he or she was a Cuber School alum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was just curious about it, because, like, my exposure to it was just always ads in the back of the books, you know, yeah. or... That's how I got into the school. I mean, I saw the ad, you know, I, I saw Joe Kubert, and obviously I knew his work, and I saw the little ad, you know, go to the Kubert school, I'm all, hey, this could be for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's what happened. So, I, you know, I set my samples in, it was good enough, and I guess the rest, they say, is history. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I guess that's all I have to talk about today. Um, 
I always give everyone a chance to plug websites or anything else they want to plug. So do you have anything you'd like to plug or well, promote? Right. I guess I have my website. I guess if people want to see what I'm talking about, I have to actually update my website. But um, it's um, www.pachecotunes.com, and it's P-A-C-H-E-C-O-T-O-O-N-S.com. Mm-hmm. So it's pachecotunes.com, and I would love people to check my workout and Mark, I really appreciate you interviewing me and obviously giving me the little work that you gave me. And, you know, it's, it's really been a pleasure. You know, I, I'm i always so happy to promote comics. And I don't even know if it's promoting myself as much. But, uh, you know, just any any way to get my the word out there about comics in general, I'm always happy to be a part of. Well, very good. And I thank you very much for being a podcast guest. And, uh, of course, we'll stay in touch and everything else. And good luck to your future artistic endeavors. <laughs> yeah, well, well, in a few months you'll be seeing the book that I was not talking about tonight. Yes. <laughs> so you'll be seeing that should be out uh, in a couple months because I'm just, like I said, I'm literally just starting on it tonight. So I'm excited about it. And hopefully all your podcast fans can pick it up. Well, let me know, and then I'll plug it on at the end of a future podcast. So. That was great, that. Mark. I really appreciate it. And like I say, thank you so much for having me on. All right. And uh, we will talk soon. Thank you very much. We definitely will. Thanks okay. again, Mark. Have a Thanks. good night. You too. Mm, okay. Bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you again, Jorge Pacheco, for being my special guest. Episode number 23 will be coming soon. If you'd like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. You can become a Patreon of Fun Ideas Productions, and if everyone listening out there just contributed $1 a month, that would be a tremendous help. This has been the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2019, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you very much, and have a good night.